Is that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman Webb. Is that really in the Bible? I am amazed at the people who do not believe in the literal return of Jesus Christ to this earth. I guess they believe in sort of like maybe a rapture, a near flyby or flyover, and you know, but they don't actually believe that Christ is gonna to return to this earth. Now, there is nothing more fundamental than the teaching of Jesus Christ returning as King of King and Lord of Lords to rule with a rod of iron on this earth. Why? Because earth is a mess. That's where all the people are at, that's where we're at, and we've screwed things up big time. Now why are the churches of this world so confused about this subject? The Bible reveals in graphic details the second coming of Jesus Christ to this earth to set up his kingdom. And really, this, this, what I'm talking about today is why the world will not end. You know, there's a lot of people who believe that the world is just going to get you know, worse and worse and worse, and it is that. Believe me, it's going to get worse and worse. But that the world eventually is just going to end. And you know, the, the Feast of Trumpets, which basically symbolizes the return of Jesus Christ to this earth, and the literal return to, of Christ to this earth explains why the world is not going to end. Actually, what's gonna happen is God is gonna usher in a new form of government called the kingdom of God on this earth. Let's take a look at this verse here in Zechariah 14 and verse 1. It says, Behold, the day of the Lord comes, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. Now, this little reference in the Old Testament about the day of the Lord is a reference to the return of Jesus Christ. It's described in the book of Revelation as the Lord's day, or the day of the Lord. You read the book of Revelation and you soon realize, okay, this is talking about a monumental event of Christ returning to this earth, referred to in the book of Revelation as the Lord's Day. No, 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 no. This is, this is, the Lord's Day is not some Sunday go-to-meeting service that your church is having where people are throwing a few coins and dollar bills in the offering plate. That's not what I'm talking about. That, that is not what the Lord's Day is all about. The Lord's Day mentioned in Revelation is about the day of the Lord. It's referred to here in Zechariah as the day of the Lord. Let's continue on in verse 4. It says, And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be a very gr a great valley, and half of the mountain shall move toward the north and half of it toward the south. So where is the Mount of Olives? Now, first of all, it says his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives. Now, where is that? Can't hear you. Well, it's on planet Earth, okay? And so this is not talking about, this is talking about 
the literal return where Christ's feet are on this earth. This is not a low flyover of uh, saints being gathered in a rapture. That's not what this is talking about. Acts 1 and verse 9 says this. It said, when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Now here, you know, Jesus is about to ascend back to the heavens. He's on earth, and they watch him go up, 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 and out of sight. All right, notice verse 10. And while they looked steadfast toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood, in the, stood by them in white apparel, which also said, You men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into the heavens? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Okay. Christ was standing on this earth when he left. And he's coming back to this earth to stand on it and to rule it with a rod of iron. I mean, there's no misunderstanding this, is it? No, there's not. The only reason you misunderstand things is because you've been deceived. You've been lied to about the Bible. You've been lied to about some kind of concept of being raptured away in a place of safety where you can, you know, you'll be safe and while the whole world goes to hell, you'll be rejoicing up in heaven. You've been lied to about the Bible. Now, why would a person not believe that Christ is going to return to this earth? Well, I started thinking about that and I think there's a number of reasons. One, most people believe they go to heaven when they die. So there is no reason for Christ to return. Is there? There's no need for the resurrection. There's no need for Christ to return. I mean, if you've already gone to heaven, obviously you already got life. There's no need for a resurrection. There's no need for Christ to return to this earth, according to this false teaching of heavenly retirement. You know, let, let me just tell you something here that you may not know. It, it's the world of religious deception is monumental, okay? Christianity is often the exact opposite of what Jesus taught. Now you just got to realize this. I, listen to what I've just said. Christianity, your church, what you're being spoon-fed by your preacher, is basically the exact opposite of what Jesus taught. Okay? Jesus said, no man has ascended to heaven. That's John 3 and verse 13. Look it up for yourself. All right. Jesus said, no man has ascended to heaven. Guess where everybody thinks you go? Guess where your preacher is telling you you go when you die? Heaven. Okay. Jesus said he was Lord of the Sabbath day. Guess what your preacher is telling you? Your preacher is telling you, no, Jesus is the Lord of the first work day of the week, Sunday. That's what your preacher is telling you. Okay. Jesus said, think not that I have come to destroy the law. Guess what your preacher is telling you? Guess what your church is telling you? That Jesus came to abolish the law, to nail it to the cross, to do away with it, to fulfill it, to uh, you know, abolish it, to, to just get rid of all of it. Okay, that's what your preacher is telling you. Your Bible says God only has immortality. Guess what your preacher is telling you? Guess what your church is telling you? That you have immortality. Yeah, that's, that's what they're telling you. Now the Bible says, the, the Bible says God only. That's a no-brainer, is it not? God only has immortality. That means me don't have it. Okay. All right. 
But your preacher is telling you, your church is telling you that you have an immortal soul. Uh, the, your Bible says the wages of sin is death. Guess what your preacher is telling you? Guess what your church is telling you? That the wages of sin is not death. It's eternal life in a place called hell. I've actually met idiots that want to go to hell. You know, why not? You live forever. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit hot. Okay. All right. But, you know, I've actually met people that rebels, you know, that say, oh, yeah, I'm going to spend eternity with the devil. No, your Bible says the wages of sin is death. Okay, you've been lied to about the Bible. When do we wake up? When do we wake up and realize, uh-oh, I've been lied to about the Bible. Goodbye, church. You know, I've got to find a church that teaches the truth around here. Yeah. Now, why would a person not believe Christ is going to return to this earth? I think the second reason is that we believe that mankind is going to solve all of our problems. I mean, the next president will solve all of our problems. A lot of people thought Obama, Obama was going to change. Yeah, we need to change. Well, we got our change. Oh, it sure did. Um, we've got an apologist for the Muslim community representing America, for pity's sakes. How stupid is that? It's dumb. It's really ignorant. It really is. Did you hear about the 27-year-old the, the woman, Afghan woman, back in March 19, 2015, who was accused, uh, they accused her of uh, burning the Koran. And a bunch of thugs, a bunch of barbarians, 49 of them were arrested, beat her to death with bricks and stones and sticks and they threw her body underneath a truck and it ran over her and then they lit her on fire and threw her in the river. Now let me tell you something about these barbarians. These same barbarians who did this will soon have nuclear weapons because of our administration. Speaking about Iran. The same barbarians who did this, who brought, now she was falsely accused of burning the Koran. She didn't do it. <laughs> they got their information wrong. And these barbarians brutally beat her to death. And these same barbarians will soon have nuclear weapons. I mean, America, listen, we, we don't, we don't, we are clueless as what's coming down the pike. It's like, if you think you're going to continue to live the good life, freedom, you're kidding yourself. You're kidding yourself. We are in deep trouble as a nation. So we think we're going to solve all of our problems ourselves, right? Well, consider crime in America. You know, consider crime. Look at this. One murder every 37 minutes. One rape every 6.6 .6 minutes. One robbery every 1.5 minutes. I mean, I mean, just look at some of these statistics here. And so we're going to solve all of our problems, and we don't need God's help, right? We don't need Christ to return to this earth. Well, notice what Jesus said about this subject in Matthew 24 and verse 22. And except those days should be shortened, speaking of the time in which we live right now, there should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Well, the time in which we live right now, well, the, the time very near in the future when it really, everything blows up, Christ says, 
unless I shorten that time period, there's not going to be any flesh saved alive. So if you think Christ doesn't have to return to this earth, you're basically an idiot, okay? I mean, let's face reality. Heaven doesn't need fixing, does it? Right here is where all the problems are at. The problems are not up in heaven. The problems are right here. And that's why Christ has to return. Now, a lot of people overlook this fact. The disciples of Jesus were like would-be revolutionaries. I mean, they were occupied by Rome. Do you, do you know what it means to be occupied? Well, you're going to learn it very quickly. It means no freedom. It means another nation has to come in. And because we will not govern ourselves, God allows someone else come, to come in, another nation, to govern us for us. Because we won't do it ourselves. We're too lazy. We're too, too stupid to govern ourselves. And God says, okay, you're going to be occupied because you won't govern yourself the right way. People tell you when they get up, when they go to the bathroom, do, when they, do everything. Okay, this was the condition back then. They were occupied by Rome. And these disciples were like would-be revolutionaries. They were ready for Christ to set up his kingdom right then and there, overthrow the Romans, and take charge and introduce the kingdom of God, the government of Jesus Christ. Notice Acts 1 and verse 6. When they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Again, these were would-be revolutionary. They wanted Christ to set up his kingdom on this earth right then and there. And Jesus said to them, it is not for you to know the time or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. In other words, if Jesus would have said, boys, you're going to die and you're going to rot in the grave and it's going to be 2,000 years before I actually return the second time, that would have sort of took, you know, that, that would have been discouraging for them. And of course, this is the reason why many Jews don't believe in Christ as the Messiah because they were looking for a literal kingdom right then and there. They were looking for the Messiah to set up his kingdom right then and there. And when Christ was killed, crucified, they said, this can't be the Messiah. They just killed him. And so they're looking for someone else. They didn't understand that he had to die for our sins. He had to pay that penalty. And then it would be 2,000 years later before Christ returns to this earth. But anyway, Jesus didn't tell the disciples. He said, it's not for you to know the seasons or the time which the Father has put into my hand. In other words, that's a little secret as to when I'm going to return. He didn't let them know that. You know, in Matthew 6 and verse 10, we are to pray, thy kingdom come. What does that mean? Kingdom come where? Well, to this earth. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Now, you see, God's will, I guess it is done in heaven, but God's will is not being done down here on the earth. And that's the reason Christ is going to return. This is the reason for this prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. When Christ returns, it's about his will being fulfilled on this earth. And he's going to rule with a rod of iron. The law of God will go out through all the world. The Ten Commandments, yes. And people will live by the law of God. You know, there are 450,000 churches in America. 
there are 650,000 preachers in America. Now, let me ask you a question. Now, that's pretty good. I think I figured that out. 450,000 churches, for every six or 7,000 people, there's a church that represents six or 7,000 people. Now, I know not everybody goes to church, but I'm just, I'm just saying there's a lot of churches out there. But with all of this going on, all of the evangelism, all of the preaching on the Sunday morning comedy hour, now, do you see a nation that is any closer to God? No, you do not. You see a nation that is getting further from, from God. Why is that? Has Christianity worked? You know, it's not that it will not work. It's just that few people have ever practiced true Christianity. But we don't see a nation getting closer to God with all the churches and all the preachers that are out there. Now, I want to get the most important thing that will occur when Christ returns, or one of the most important things that Christ will, will, will occur when Christ returns. In Revelation 11 and verse 14, it says, The second woe is past, and behold, the third woe come quickly. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Oh, that is such a powerful statement. The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and, he, and of, his, of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Let me tell you something about the kingdoms of this world. Let me inform you. God has given us and the kingdoms of this world 6,000 years to do our own thing, void of the leadership of the Holy Spirit. He's letting man govern man. He's letting man live by the law. If it feels good, I'm going to do it. You know, he's given us 6,000 years to do our own thing and to try to figure out how to make life work. <laughs> We're not doing a very good job at it, and religion hasn't helped that much either because we don't see a nation getting closer to God. We see a nation getting further away from God. Now, the kingdoms of this world has nothing to do really with God. Now, I know we have our religious institution, but many of them are vain. I mean, again, do you see a nation getting closer to God? So the kingdoms of this world has its own religion that says, just believe, just accept, just give your heart, just raise your hand and invite Jesus into your heart. That's all you got to do. It's just a matter of acceptance. It doesn't matter how you live your life. Just invite Jesus into your life and you shall be saved. Grace plus nothing. There's nothing you must do. Not of works, unless any man should boast. We don't want any boasting around here. No, no works theology. Yeah, that's the religion of the world. I mean, it's, it, the kingdoms of this world has its own religion. Do you know that there's a counterfeit gospel out there? Are you aware that there's a counterfeit gospel out there? Are you aware that there's a counterfeit Jesus Christ? Long-haired, hippie, vagabond, you know, type of guy. You've seen pictures of this guy, okay? It's a counterfeit, all right? There's counterfeit blood. There's counterfeit holidays. There's counterfeit Sabbath day. There's a counterfeit reward, heavenly retirement. Yeah. And the kingdoms of this world has its own religion. The kingdoms of this world has its own entertainment, the crap that Hollywood puts out. You know, James Dobson was one time talking about why there is so much garbage, garbage that is put out by Hollywood. And he was talking about these producers. He said, you know, these producers, yeah, they may have a wife, but they've got a girlfriend across town and they may have a boyfriend across town. And he, he says these producers basically write about 
the only thing they can write about, their dysfunctional lives. And that's why you go to the movie and you pay eight, ten dollars for a movie and you get you a, a half a bucket of butter, buttered popcorn that's going to stop up your arteries and kill you in a, in a 32 ounce Coca-Cola full of sh sugar. You know, and you go out and you say, man, that was, I'm sure it was a crappy movie. It's because they're writing about their dysfunctional lives, these Hollywood producers. That's what they write about. And we pay money to see that garbage. <clears throat> Philippians 4 and verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any praise, if there be any uh, virtue, think on these things. Look, if you're watching a movie that doesn't meet these criterias, you've just displeased God. All right. The kingdoms of this world has its own government. I mean, look at what we got now. Look at what we got now an apologist for the Muslim community. You know, if you're a Christian and you voted for Obama, you need to reevaluate your whole concept of what it means to be a Christian. You know, a long time ago, we rejected God as a nation. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be political or we shouldn't vote or anything like that. I believe you should vote, but notice something here. 1 Samuel 8 and verse 6 says, But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Hearken to the voice of the people and all that they say to you, for they have not rejected me, but they have rejected, excuse, excuse me, they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. It was a rejection of God when we said, Give us a president, give us a king to rule over us. God want us, wanted us to be self-governed, and we have failed miserable at that. So from this moment when we said, give us a president, the only choice you have from that point forward is the lesser of two evils. You know, the lesser of two. Did you know that 40% of Christians don't even bother to vote? That's the reason we've got what we got in the White House today. Because 40% of Christians don't even bother to vote. And there's all kinds of self-righteous Christians running around saying, well, I'm not going to choose between the lesser of two evils. That's the only, listen, that's the only choice you've got. From the time that we said, give us a king to rule over us, from that day forward, the only choice you had, you have ever had, is choosing between the lesser of two evils. You look at this candidate, you look at that candidate, and you say, that one's a little bit more godly, and that one's not godly at all, so I'm going to choose the more the one that has a little bit more character. That's your only choice. Your only choice. Revelation 11, and verse 15. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshipped God. Listen, this is party time here saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord Almighty, which are and was and are to come, uh, because you have taken to thee thy great power and has reigned. And the nations were angry. Why are the nations angry? Well, the, the, I guess the same reason most people are not that excited about the return of Christ. These people have had a good thing going on for 6,000 years, and they don't want to give it up. You know? You got a bunch of fat cats out there, fat cats getting rich off false religion. You got fat cats getting rich off our entertainment, and you got a bunch of fat cats getting rich off, our, off in the government getting rich off the taxes of, you know, the poor people, whatever. I mean, so they don't want to give this up, is my point. Revelation 11 and verse 18. 
and the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come, and the time of, of the dead that they should be judged, and that you should give rewards unto your servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and them that fear your name, destroy them which destroy the earth. Now, I said I was going to tell you the most important thing that occurs at the return of Christ. It's found right here in Matthew 24 and verse 30. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trump. And they shall gather together the elect and the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. This is talking about the resurrection. That's why the Christ's return is important. Because he's going to resurrect the dead. How important is that to you? 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 52, In a moment, in twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 16, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead shall be raised first. Why is Christ returning to resurrect dead people? How important is that to you? You want to see your loved one again? This is the reason Christ is returning. Revelation 20 and verse 6, Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. On such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of his Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Where are we going to reign? Question, where are we going to reign? You know, in the book of Revelation, the earth is mentioned 81 times in the book of Revelation alone because that's where all the action is at. That's where we're at, by the way. That's where the people are at. Well, okay, I've asked the question. Where are we going to reign when Christ returns? Revelation 5 and verse 10 answers that question. And has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. That's your answer coming from the Bible. We're going to reign with Christ on this earth. Christ is returning to this earth, and those who are his people are going to reign with him on earth because it is earth that needs fixing. I'm out of time. I'm David Freeman and that's what's really in your Bible. Man has the intellectual capacity to design spaceships to take him to the moon and back, to invent the computer and to do other marvelous exploits in the physical, material realm. Yet during man's nearly 6,000 years on earth, he has proved that he cannot solve his problems with fellow men. Through the ages, man has tried to bring about a utopian paradise by every conceivable means, yet without success. He has attempted to live by every imaginable type of government. He has even tried living without any government at all, absolute anarchy. All of them have failed miserably. Why has this been so? Jesus Christ is going to return to set up his kingdom on this earth, and right now, God is in the process of training future leaders that will teach true education. But what is true education? Find out by ordering The Coming Utopia. In this publication, you will learn of God's system for re-educating society. Order by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151.